Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Tanner Wallace-Gribner. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Tanner Wallace-Scribner filling in for Ryan Young this week. Today On today's show, we're going to talk about a partnership that's giving back to communities in Regina and Saskatoon through the food banks. We're also going to talk to a doctor from the U of S about a study he's conducting that will hopefully have better feed options for cattle producers. All that and more, including the farm weather, market update, livestock, and resource reports. We'll start Saskatchewan Agriculture Today right after this. This is Saskag Today with your host, Tanner Wallace-Gribner. Welcome back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today for Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection and farm fresh water. Fix your water problems, visit farmfreshwater.ca. Mix made with lentils and oats will be in Christmas hampers distributed by the Saskatoon and Regina food banks. The science behind the soup mix is based on a research project led by Dr. Michael Nickerson, the acting head of the Department of Food and Byproduct Sciences in the College of Agriculture and Bioresources at the University of Saskatchewan. In the original project, researchers investigated the protein quality of pulse and cereal crops and how to process them into food aid projects for use in Ethiopia. Earlier this year, Dr. Nickerson and the Saskatchewan Food Development Center worked together on a project to use that research to develop a healthy soup mix using Saskatchewan-grown crops. CJWW's Agri-News Director Neil Bellinger talked with Dr. Nickerson. Both projects you know, really focused on the protein quality and the blending of pulses and oats. One of the differences in the Ethiopia project, these were really targeted for children that have issues with acute malnutrition. So they were also fortified heavily with vitamins and minerals. So someone can consume this lipid-based supplement product that we produced, and that would be one package per day, and the, and the kids could survive on that. It provides all the growth and nutrition for that individual. So it, it was a different product, but the commonality is the, the blending of the pulses and cereals and, and understanding what impact is, you know, cooking uh, and processing have on those nutritional values. What pulses were used in uh, the, the Saskatchewan product? We targeted uh, lentils and oats. You know, there are a number of different uh, pulses that we could have chose. Lentil was really important, um, especially for the Saskatchewan Food Bank. A lot of the, or almost all the ingredients for this product are are donated by uh, food bank partners. So we had uh, basically a large, almost continuous supply of donations for the grains, uh, such as lentils. We took what was donated and and finally the value added use to make it more consumer acceptable to make these soup uh, products. So what does the soup taste like? Oh, it's really good. 
they did a great job at the food center. It has a really nice texture on, on your palate. So it has a, a soft yet crunchy taste to it. And the soup, we actually have a vegan chicken flavor soup mix that you could or, or may choose not to add to the soup. And that really uh, adds to the flavor. Now, we chose the, the vegan uh, chicken flavoring so we can hit a wider range of uh, clients from a diverse background. You know, in Saskatchewan, like all across Canada, we're getting more multicultural individuals coming from different countries, may restrict consumption of meat products. So this has a, a really nice flavor, but more widely acceptable to the larger community. So how many packets or packages were produced in, in this run? So in this particular run was a pilot run. Uh, we produced 15,000 uh, of these units, and each unit can feed a family of four or five, and it makes five cups of soup per package. So we're really excited about this initial run. Uh, it's gone out in Christmas hampers uh, and to food bank clients, and now we're looking to, to shape the next round of scaling up. We really believe that we can scale this across the country, not only to feed uh, food banks in Saskatchewan, but across Canada. So we're looking to partner uh, with the, the National Food Bank uh, uh, Canada Association for distribution. We're looking for partners to scale up. We're aiming for 3 million of these units in the next round of production. And so we're looking for partners to sort of secure that scale up phase to, to feed more families. When, when you're talking partners, are you talking producers of oats and lentils or who are you uh, talking about? I think there's a lot of potential partners and stakeholders. Uh, there's a lot of interest in, in obviously agriculture and agricultural commodities. And there's so many different companies and potential partners in that space in terms of developing oats and cereals right from the farmer level to grow organizations to companies and then partners in terms of packaging and, and transportation and processing. And then you have also a food bank stakeholders that donate money. So there, there's a whole range of stakeholders that we're sort of initial stage of exploring and attracting uh, to this initiative, which, which is being led by the uh, uh, primarily the Regina food bank uh, in, in Regina area. A lot of possibilities for uh, larger companies to take on a sort of a corporate social responsibility role, be able to, to promote the fact that they're doing something to help. Absolutely, like I feel very privileged that I can put food on the uh, on the table for my family and, and my kids. But a lot of families in Saskatchewan uh, and across Canada, they they can't. Uh, cost of food is increasing. The inflation is really high, and people can't afford food. And sometimes you may not recognize it. I think one in five families are food insecure in Saskatchewan. So we grow enough food and we always promote, you know, we need to feed the world and we have so much agricultural commodities, but, you know, people are suffering here and we can't forget that. And so this project is about caring for communities. It's about developing this product that really can help. So there's a, a corporate social responsibility story here to take part in this initiative. We have so much food and so many families in need locally as well as around the world. Now, and soup also provides a good base for a meal. It can be a meal, but it can also serve as, as sort of a, a base for a larger meal. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it can add other things to that too. Uh, you know, meat, you can add uh, other vegetables, you know, to, to change the makeup of it. So it's a really good base product that 
as you said, it could be served uh, in a wider meal to help support families, depending on what uh, other foods they have access to. So 15,000, that's a fairly small number. Uh, the, the next run could be much larger if all the resources are there. Yeah, and, and part of the uh, the small run was also developing the soup, but also working out some of the processing challenges associated with packaging, sample size, all this stuff, So, and costing. So it's not just about production, it's about doing pilot-scale runs to understand the processing challenges and costs to actually make a sustainable product at the other end. Because ultimately, we need this ingredient to be cost-effective and sustainable so we can keep on producing this. That was Dr. Michael Nickerson with the University of Saskatchewan. We're back with Saskag Today with Tanner Wallace-Gribner on 620 CKRM. Canadian beef and cattle producers are facing a familiar challenge, keeping their herds fed outside of grazing season. Dr. Gabriel Ribeiro, an assistant professor in the Department of Animal and Poultry Science at the College of Agriculture and Bioresources at the University of Saskatchewan, is leading a study to explore how the application of alkali treatments of agriculture byproducts, such as straw, in addition to oilseed screenings supplementation, can provide more affordable and sustainable alternatives through traditional feeds. We caught up with Dr. Ribeiro. We were just funded by the government of Saskatchewan through the Agricultural Development Fund uh, to look at uh, novel uh, feeding options uh, for beef, beef and dairy cattle. And that's because we are having uh, more and more like increased cost of production, like feeds, uh, feed prices have increased quite a bit in the last few years. And a lot of that has been driven through uh, issues like drought and others that have uh, affected uh, feed production, right? So uh, here we're trying to look at ways to, to improve or, or find alternatives to feed uh, cattle in a, in, a, in a cheaper way that uh, can improve sustainability or, of, uh, of, of cattle production in, in Saskatchewan, but also elsewhere. So what we're trying to do is maximize the use of some uh, crop residues and uh, agricultural byproducts that are not uh, highly used at the moment. Um, and through this project, we're, gonna, we're trying to find ways that we can improve digestion of some of those uh, crop residues like straw. So if we can do that, then there will be a, a greater interest or uh, it will be more a bigger incentive for producers to use some of those uh, crop residues in, in the feeding of their cattle. And with that, we can def- definitely reduce the uh, cost of, of feeding cattle uh, and inc- improve the sustainability of those, those systems. And it looks like the study is really going to take a focus around straw and in the words taking straw and turning it into gold. Can you talk a little bit about that and also the process behind that? So straw is really um, highly available, right? We we are a large producer of wheat and other cereal grains, and um, we have a lot available, but it's really tough for the animals or even cattle that's really good at digesting fiber. It's really tough to digest because the structure of that fiber uh, is really lignified and and it's really hard for enzymes to kind of reach the cellulose, for example, inside that fiber and break that down. So in this project, we're looking at alkali treatment. And what do we mean by alkali treatment? We mean by, by that is adding calcium oxide or calcium hydroxide which are some alkalis that uh, 
can help break down that fiber before we feed that to cattle. And it looks like you guys are also going to be looking at other areas as well. Uh, in addition to that, we are looking at supplementing the diets of cattle with uh, flax and canola screenings. So there's a lot of canola being produced and flax in Saskatchewan. And there is a projection to increase that a lot in the near near future. And through that process, uh, there's some screenings that become available. And when we consider the amount of screenings produced, it's quite a bit to feed. So through you, we can use those screenings to supplement protein to cattle because those uh, uh, crop residues like straw are really low in protein. So through that pre-treatment of the straw, uh, with the alkalis, we're look, we're we're trying to improve the digestion, make it easier for the enzymes in the digestive tract of cattle to break that down, for the microbes to break that that fiber down, and then through supplementing that with the screenings of canola, for example, we are trying to provide protein to that uh, to the, to the microbes that do that process in the rumen of cattle, like in the digestive tract of cattle. But and on top of that, uh, through the screenings, we are providing some fat supplementation, some energy that can help also in the production of those animals and, and efficiency of production. Um, and another point of this is when you have some of that fat coming through um, the supplementation of the screenings, we can also have reduced methane production. So we're trying to really supplement that rumen with everything the microbes need or uh, facilitate that, the, the, uh, the work that the microbes are doing in breaking down that uh, fiber and straw. Uh, and overall, we're trying to make the best of the of the residues and crop residues and, and byproducts available in Saskatchewan, so we can improve the economic sustainability of the of the cattle production in Saskatchewan. That was Dr. Gabriel Orbero, an assistant professor in the Department of Animal and Poultry Science at the College of Agriculture and Bioresources at the University of Saskatchewan. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Now today's ag review for Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers, and brought to you by My Grain Exchange. Ready to market your 2023 crop? Head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain options. The Manitoba government has inked a deal to chip in $2.9 million toward a sustainable aviation fuel plant to be built in Portage La Prairie. Manitoba Agriculture Minister Ron Custitian says this is a cutting-edge project for Manitoba farmers and oilseed processors. Calgary-based firm Azure Sustainable Fuels Corporation plans to use Canadian feedstock like soybean and canola oils to produce as much as 1 billion litres of renewable aviation fuel per year. The province agreed to give $2.9 million over two years via the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership to Azure's front-end engineering design or feed study. The facility is expected to cost $1.9 billion to build. Once built, it's expected to create 150 jobs and add $2 billion in total impact to the Manitoba economy. Construction is slated to begin in 2025. Canadian lentil stocks are forecast to be extremely tight by the close of the 2023-24 marketing year, which should keep prices well supported despite expectations for a smaller export program. 
Updated supply and demand estimates from Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada pegged lentil carryout for the current crop year at only 50,000 metric tons, which would be a third of the previous year's ending stocks and down from the already tight November forecast of 100,000 tons. If realized, that would mark the tightest lentil stock since July of 2010, with a stocks-to-use ratio of only 3%. Large green lentil bids currently top out at 73 cents per pound in Western Canada, with new crop contracts already available as high as 51 cents per pound, according to Prairie Ag Hotwire data. Red lentils are currently priced around 35 to 40 cents per pound, with new crop pricing around 30 cents per pound. Hot and dry growing conditions cut into barley yields in western Canada in 2023, but the quality was generally good. That's according to the yearly annual harvest report on barley quality from the Canadian Grain Commission, or CGC. Total barley production across the prairies was down by 10% on the year at 8.707 million metric tons, according to the CGC. Average barley yields were placed at 61.3 bushels per acre in western Canada, which was down from 70.5 bushels per acre the previous year and the 10-year average of 66.4 bushels per acre. AAC Synergy was the most popular malting barley variety seeded in western Canada, while the area seeded with CDC Copeland continued to decline. The popularity of newer varieties such as AAC Connect, CDC Fraser and CDC Churchill increased noticeably according to the CGC. The malting barley was generally of good quality with average protein levels steady on the year at 12.3%. That compares with the 10-year average of 11.9%. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency is set to restore registration of the insecticide chlorpyrifos after a federal appeals court in November threw out the agency's complete ban on the chemical. The agency announced Tuesday it would re-establish chlorpyrifos tolerance on 11 uses identified by the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit in its ruling. The EPA is also engaged in discussions with the registrants to further reduce exposures associated with the 11 uses of chlorpyrifos that were referenced by the Eighth Circuit, a process that will also include taking into account the 2020 draft document and public comments received. The agency is set to again allow chlorpyrifos use on alfalfa, apple, asparagus, tart cherry, citrus, cotton, peach, soybean, strawberry, sugar beet, spring wheat, and winter wheat. Hunger remains a chronic problem in Asia. A new report from the UN Food and Agriculture Organization says that 55 million more people are undernourished in 2022 than before the COVID-19 pandemic. Most of those living without enough to eat are in South Asia, and women tend to be less food secure than men. The paper suggests that natural disasters and disruptions to food supplies, often linked to climate change, have added to those pressures. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. 
The official 620 CKRM Farm Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866 and Moose Jaw Truck Shop. The number one choice for any diesel engine repair drop-in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. It is another day of the above normal temperatures, and I don't know if we're going to get above freezing. We'll be close. We could be up to around one degree, but it is certainly not feeling as warm as it would if the wind wasn't out. That wind is uh, causing a bit of a biting wind chill. It has peaked, however. It will be slowly subsiding through the day. The gusts 55, 60 kilometers per hour. We'll get down to the 50, then 40 range, and uh, by tonight, a very light wind. The temperature back down to minus 5. It's going to make it uh, not a bad night for this time of year as we uh, wrap up fall now the uh winter's minutes away basically but winter temperatures nowhere in sight normal high this time of year now minus 10 we've got three and four degrees thursday and friday respectively the nighttime lows just as far above normal that's normally minus 21 and we're sitting in the mid minus single numbers so impressive warmth continuing looking right through next week i think we will peak this late week on this warm-up but still, even though we trend down, we don't get to normal. We just get a little bit less above normal. We more uh, 5 to 10 degrees above normal instead of 10, or 10 to 15. Friday is still a dry day. The wind is pretty light, too, most of the time 10 to 20. A few gusts each afternoon. Almost have to expect that when you get the temperatures as far above normal. Sunshine for Saturday will be close to maybe just above freezing. That's a close one, 0, 1 degree. And then backing down a little more on Sunday, mostly sunny at minus 2 questionable monday could be uh close to that freezing mark again but uh, trying to back down minus two minus four to tuesday and likely staying in the mid minus single numbers for a while next week looking at the normal high and lows for today it's minus 10 and minus 21 sunrise was at 856 this morning and sunset is scheduled for 456 tonight the hot spot in the province is maple creek at plus 10 cold spot collins bay at minus 18 around the province in this hour estevan at minus 4 yorkton minus 7 swift current plus 3 saskatoon's at minus 2 wayburns at minus 4 in moostra at this hour it's plus 2 and in Regina, it's minus three. We'll be back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Tanner Wallace Scribner on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, McDougalAuctions.com, and by Pattison Liquid Systems. Experts in liquid fertilizer distribution, fertilizers just better when it's wetter, Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. The University of Saskatchewan Crop Development Center has hired a new lentil and faba bean plant breeder. Anna Vargas will head up the program that has released 40 lentil in five faba bean varieties over the years. Vargas grew up on a small farm in Central America and earned her master's degree in Puerto Rico before completing a PhD at the University of Saskatchewan. Prior to her appointment, Vargas was a postdoctorate fellow in the Department of Plant Sciences, working in lentils and beans under the supervision of Dr. Kristen Bett. Her research areas include micronutrients, seed quality, color stability, 
nitrile fixation, as well as disease resistance. Vargas is set to begin her new position on January 2nd and is the second plant breeder hired at the Crop Development Center this year. Six months ago, Adam Carter was selected to lead the Spring Wheat and Canary Seed Breeder Program. Carter assumed that responsibility from Pierre Huckle, who held that position for 33 years, releasing more than 40 crop varieties, several which are still popular with growers. Carter spoke at the Canary Seed Development Commission of Saskatchewan's annual meeting in Regina last Thursday. Part of the challenge is with canary seed, I think right now, is that there's relatively limited levels of genetic diversity that we have access to in a breeding program. And that's a challenge because you need some diversity to identify uh, new traits that might be useful to, to bring into our lines. One strategy is to look at a closely related species. Carter provided this example. That's a species called Phalaris brachistachis. It's the most similar to canary seed at the DNA level, and it's an annual species, so that's uh, helpful as well. I do have some plans to try and pull together some lines of, of this species and start evaluating it for traits of interest, seeing what's out there um, for diversity in, in this species and if it's worth the effort to bring it into canary seed. Canary seed is one of the crops that has not been genetically sequenced. Carter is not ruling out that possibility in the long term. We're at a time where it's really not that challenging to develop these resources and really do the work that in the past was very expensive and, and difficult. So I don't think it's out of reach to sequence a canary seed genome and develop that resource, uh, which really enables a lot of other technology. Uh, we can use it to get an idea of the variability in our breeding program and accelerate introducing new traits in, into the breeding program. Adam Carter leads the spring wheat and canary seed breeding program at the University of Saskatchewan's Crop Development Centre. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market in Arcola Building Supplies. Small Town Lumberyard, big on service, ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Uranium mining giant Cameco is giving back to communities this holiday season. CEO Tim Ginsel says $1.8 million is earmarked for community organizations across the province. About 700,000 of that came from our step up for mental health, where we had, I think, 7,000 people this year out uh, pounding the Saskatoon streets on that one. And so <laughs> that was uh, for 700,000. We had another 700,000 through our employee giving campaign, where employees uh, step up and give of uh, their time and their resources. That's where the bulk of it came from. Uh, a lot of it came from Cameco as well. So we're so uh, grateful to live in this great community and we just mm -hmm. want to give back. Ginsel says mental health is a big focus for the company. We just know the need out there for mental health. We see it everywhere in our families, in our workplaces. And, and so uh, mental health will get a, a good chunk of it. Uh, then for our employee giving campaign, they get to choose which uh, charities they want uh, their donations to go to. So that's you might have seen a number, around 200 charities will benefit from that. Then we gave a quarter of a million dollars to the YWCA, Carabar and the team over there. They're expanding their facilities, such a mm -hmm. great need for that. And, and then 150000 to the New Austin Trail. So we're, we're trying to spread it around a bit. He says they're proud to be able to give back to the communities that support them.
we, we live in this great community. Uh, a lot of us were born and raised around here and we're very fortunate. We get to work for a, a good company and, and that company, uh, Cameco, uh, you know, the, our employees want to give back. Mm-hmm. And so, like I say, you can, you can just write checks. Uh, we don't do that. Our employees like to roll up their sleeves and get involved in the, in the community. We just ask them to make a difference, make a difference every day, however you can. And, and so we're doing that. That's Tim Ginsel, the CEO of Cameco, talking about the donation of $1.8 million to community organizations across the province. Here's the market update with Tanner Wallace-Gribner on 620 CKRM. Looking at your market update, Durham's at 456.11, feed barley at 262.58, canola up slightly to 605.42, chickpeas 1168.44, flax 631.04, lentils 787.50, oats at 286.32, yellow peas at 464.54, feed wheat at 233.46, one red spring wheat is down over $2 to trade at 311. 46. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Tanner Wallace-Gridner. Following the federal government's announcement about electric vehicles earlier this week, experts say anyone buying an electric vehicle should be aware of the costs and logistics of installing a charger before you buy. Installing one of the easiest at a single-family home with the process involving getting the electrical system inspected by a licensed professional and obtaining the necessary permits. That usually runs less than $3,000, but experts say apartment and condo residents may face a longer and pricier process. On the Markets, the TSX is up 35 points. The Dow Jones is up 52. Oil is down 9 cents to drop to $73.85 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 8 one-hundredths of a cent to be trading at $75.08 U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune into the on-demand Sask Egg Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. I've been Tanner Wallace-Scribner. This has been Sask Egg Today.